Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Keeping It Center podcast. I'm your host, Jaquetta Gilbert. This is a space for women who want help keeping God at the center of their marriage, their role as a mom, and while using their gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. This is for real women with real issues serving a real God who holds us in the palm of his hand. So if you're ready to take off the facade, woman up to your imperfections, and invite our Father in every part of your beautiful mess, girlfriend, you're in the right place. Welcome, everyone, to another week of the Keeping It Centered podcast. I am excited because we have a wonderful, wonderful guest. I have been following this lady for a little bit and uh, was actually kind of shy about reaching out to her. So I'm so grateful to her (laughs) that um, she said yes. This is none other than Miss Deja Henry. How are you, girl? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm excited. Great, 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 great. Glad to have you here, too. Um, so like I said, I've kind of, you know, been peeking at you for a little bit now, but I know everybody doesn't know you. So I would love for you to share uh, with us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and let us know something fun about yourself. Okay. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Deja Henry, and I am an actress and a filmmaker and the CEO and founder of The Blue House, which is a social impact entertainment company. And we're dedicated to creating diverse stories that lead to a more equitable, inclusive, and empathetic society. Uh, something fun about myself. Um, well, I am really... I'm really passionate about the fact that I'm raising a multi-ethnic family. So uh, my mother's from Jamaica, my dad is from India, and my husband's mother is from Ethiopia. Wow. Now, I knew <laughs> I knew about your husband, I knew about your mom, but I had no idea about your dad. I don't know how I missed it. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> yeah. So we took the kids to Jamaica, and we went to Ethiopia, and so the next stop is India. <laughs> Aw, wow. That's really, really cool. That's um something my husband and I have kind of talked about, too. We're not really sure, especially, you know, now when we'll be able mm-hmm. to do a lot more of those things. But, yeah, that's really, really awesome to uh, kind of expose your kids to different cultures and mm-hmm. different ways of thinking. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Awesome. All right. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is um, I, I know personally someone who deals with this, and um, it just kind of got me thinking, um, you know, like I, I know there's a lot more people out there, and I would love to hear a bit more about your story in terms of dealing with MS. Um, I just feel like it's really important that, you know, we bring more exposure to it and more awareness to it and um, things that we all can do to kind of help people that are going through this. Um, So I would love for you to kind of share with us what is MS for people who don't know um, and just let us know a bit about how it actually shapes your daily life, including your relationship with God. Okay. Um... Well, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis five years ago, and the type that I have is called um, remitting relapsing MS. There's four types. Um, There's like a primary progressive MS, um, secondary progressive, and there's, there's four different types. So, um, relapsing remitting, I guess, is probably one of the better ones to have. I guess that's how my doctor put it. But basically, multiple sclerosis um, is an autoimmune disease that attacks the myelin sheath, um, which is the nerve coverings of the brain and the spine. So when you are having an active lesion in your brain or spine, that means um, the nerve covering is being damaged and that 
you can think about it like an electric cord, like your phone charger has a covering so that the electrical signal can smoothly go. And that's kind of our brain's work. Our nerves, like they're sending um, signals, electrical signals uh, to different parts of the body. And so sometimes with MS, you'll see people having trouble with their gait or walking or sometimes it results in blindness um, or loss of hearing or things like that. Um, but for me, a lot of times you'll, I could have, I don't, haven't had any blindness or loss of hearing full loss of hearing, but definitely I just went through, actually last week um, I was in Chicago with some friends and my gait was so affected that I actually couldn't walk by the end of the the trip. And so my brother and my husband had to carry me to the car. And that was really hard for me um, because I've always been physically, like, my physicality has been something that has been easy for me. I was a gymnast and I was a diver and I danced and I was really, really active. I even studied um, kinesiology in college and I was a physical trainer and taught aerobics. And um, I was that was one part of my life where I just really felt like blessed, I guess. And for that to be affected now where um, – you know, sometimes I can't walk or I get very, very fatigued or um, just my friends have known for five years, um, but they've never seen that happen to me. And so just because it's just, just happened to me, like I'm just recovering this week, um, it was really humbling. Um, it was an eye-opening experience for my friends and it was um, actually kind of bonding because they were really encouraging. Um, one of my friends told me that it was really inspiring to see me not angry, but allowing people to help me. And that was something the Holy Spirit was literally talking to me about while I was struggling because I was worried about my husband's back and my friend's hip or and her back. She's an OT and she, she was with us, thank God. And um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, be quiet and let them help you. Let them help you. And it turned out that letting people help me also was important because people who love you, they want to help. And it's important to have that grace to give people room to help. And before, I would be in so much pain over all these years, not knowing when I had it. I suffered with pain for since I was 13, um, and I would hide it because I didn't know what it was. I would hide if I was too tired to go out. I would hide so much because I didn't want people to be mad at me. I didn't want them to think I didn't want to be with them. I was just, I didn't know what it was until finally five years ago. Um, I mean, I'd have symptoms throughout the years, definitely, but five years ago I had a lesion at my brainstem, and I fell over and I was I couldn't move from my neck down and mm. it was really scary um they took me in thought it was vertigo or something um but then I just noticed like the left side of my face was like not working and I was getting really really like swollen and really really unsteady and then like I felt like cotton was in my ears and I was talking to my PCP and her eyes just got as big as saucers and she, I mean, she knew what was going on. So, um, and then my mom encouraged me to go, I go to the Cleveland clinic to the Mellon center. And so that, that's part of how it kind of affects me. Uh, if I, if I'm out too much or too stressed or too things like that. So here's how it affects my daily life. Well, daily I have, I realize that, everything is from God, like walking and talking and breathing and moving and thinking. It really helped me realize how much I need to rely on the Lord. I, I was a go-getter, type A, like perfectionist, not perfectionist, but people pleaser. Um, mm -hmm. I just want to look like I have things together. Like, I mean, I, and I, I wouldn't ask for help, you know. 
and now, and I realized that not asking for help and trying to just be superwoman um, is, it actually puts a wall up with people sometimes, and even my spouse. And now we've just gone through so much together. We'll be married 18 years this November, and Aww. just, yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> he's just, I've seen a very tender part of my husband. Um, I think as husbands, we, they want to, you know, be, we want to be there for each other, you know, like spouses mm-hmm. do. I think husbands really, like, want to be there for their wives and they want to protect them and take care of them. And I think um I'm actually grateful because he's the one that's like, "Uh uh-uh, I think we need to stop. I think you need to sit down because I will push myself so hard. Um, And even being in gymnastics, I probably got some bad habits because you just learn to push through the pain. I did that for 10 years. I competed. um, I traveled and competed. It was my whole life. And you learn to push past the pain. You don't say I need help you don't you know like that's being tough and pushing through is rewarded so Mm -hmm. um it's just changed my life in terms of I think the Lord just sits me down and I just (laughs) say too bad for the devil because guess what when I sit down I pray I read my Bible Mm -hmm. I listen to sermons I listen to God I don't um I do cry I cry I ask God if I'm going to be able to do these things I dream about doing. Um, and, but I, I get filled up spiritually and I get, I get rest and, and then I start again. Like I'm going to start my walking mm-hmm. routine again. And, you know, it's just a part of, it's part of my life. Every six months I go for infusions. I get my MRIs, but you know, um, you know who your friends are, I guess at the end of the day too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope they answer the question. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I I gathered a whole lot from that, actually. Um, I didn't realize, you know, it, it was affecting all of that for you, like, in that way. Um, I just remember reading up on your bio and, and seeing that, and I'm like, DJ, really? I would never have known because, you know, I just, you know, when I see you, I just see this amazing woman that has accomplished so much. And just to know from that mini snippet on your bio that that's, you know, been something that you've had to deal with, it, it, you know, like you said about your friends, it actually inspired me. You know, and I haven't even personally seen you going through, you know, your day-to-day, but just knowing that, you know, you have accomplished so much and you have been pushing through and, you know, you're always smiling and it's just, it's really, really encouraging. And and that's kind of what I wanted people to hear um, too is that um, I know we all struggle with different things. We just have no idea what other people are struggling with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I just, I, I thought it would be a good opportunity for you to kind of fill us all in on that um, because it's so easy to kind of see the outside and and just not to know what it really takes for people to do what they do. Um, Mm -hmm. And something that struck me that you said was, you know, not asking for help can put up this wall um, between us and others. And that really, really struck me because that's me. You're a girl. You're like stepping all on my toes and don't (laughs) even know it. (laughs) Because, you know, my husband and I, we were talking about this, I think yesterday, actually, um, just growing up, I grew up seeing so many strong women in my life Mm -hmm. and I just don't Mm -hmm. recall seeing them ask for help often. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's just become a way of life for me. I can't speak for anybody else, but just seeing that, how strong they were. And I'm not saying they never asked for help. I'm just saying based off of what I personally remember growing up. And it just kind of, you know, put this thing in my mind, like, I, I don't need to ask for help. Like you said, learn to push past the pain that you're going through. And I mean, it's, it's going to be okay. You just do what you got to do. Um, mm-hmm. So just to 
to hear that from you, that, you know, that's a lesson God's been teaching you in the midst of all this, that it is okay to ask for help. It is okay to rely fully on God as he wants us to. I just think it's beautiful. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, I asked my kids. Now I used to be be that mom. Like, my mom, she stayed home with us, and she would work here and there or, like, did things that are really flexible. Like, she did real estate and different things. But, um like, she was so good at, you know, she'd make dinner every night, and, like, and the thing is, like, she was a, she immigrated here and didn't have family and didn't have her mom, and so I, yeah, I saw my mom doing everything, and I thought, I have to do that, too, Um, but it's okay, you know, to give the kids responsibility um, to, to not put everything on yourself, you know, wear yourself out like that. And I, I know that if I do wear myself out, there's consequences to pay (laughs) that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I just, I've learned over the five years, you know, I wanted to go back to my job so bad. Like I, I had this job, I was a writer at a marketing company and I had to quit because I couldn't even sit up. Like in the beginning, I couldn't sit up for long periods of time. I'd be so exhausted when I first got out of the hospital. And I was so angry. I mean, I did go through my parts. Like I did go through the anger stage. Um, God was like, don't get a job, don't get a job. And I, like even if I picked up the, the paper that had the jobs, I could hear him saying, I said, don't get a you no know, job right now. <laughs> and, so, and I would just, hear him talking to me and I just had to trust him and he did he provided he provided even when I had no job and I was obedient um and then he eventually provided a wonderful opportunity where I got to serve with AmeriCorps for two terms that changed my life and I just I just went to another place with the Lord you know like he really is there he really is he really is supporting like he he's really everything he says he is you know he (laughs) does love us like he does care Mm -hmm. he does have a plan like you don't have to worry you can cast your cares on him like it's true Mm -hmm. it's all true Mm -hmm. yeah I I love that um I kind of feel the same way, um, just you know, different things that have happened in my life, and you know, just to hear God speak to me about it, it's like how you said, like, oh wow, so it's really not just you know how God <laughs> felt, about, felt about all the people in the Bible that we've read about, like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I also remember. Um, just from your bio, you were talking about a lot of great things. And um, I was really um, intrigued when I saw that one of the reasons you um, started storytelling, because as you introduced yourself, you, you mentioned, um, you know, the film industry. And um, I love storytelling, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just found it really interesting that you, the reason you said you chose to do it, or one of the reasons is um, to combat depression. And I just thought that stuck out to me because I I find that a lot of creatives um, kind of feel the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess kind of what was that that moment that really, really pushed you into storytelling and and finding your way into the film Mm -hmm. industry? Okay, yeah, so (laughs) I've always, I think... My mother said that at five, I told her I wanted to be an actress. And I actually remember at five, like, this is why representation is so important. Okay, so this is the Mm -hmm. 80s, and I'm at the mall, and I see this big poster of this little girl that looks like me. And I was like, that's me. I can do that. Like, I remember thinking that that's me. And at five, you don't fully understand. You're like, that's me, but it's not me. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to make people happy. Like, I just remember thinking that I want to, I want to affect people. I want to make them happy. Like she was that little girl, like she made me happy. I want to do that. So Mm -hmm. I remember around 10 years old and and I would always play with my 
sister and brother, like we were always telling stories with our dolls and everything. The wonderful thing about the 80s, you know, we didn't have anything, no, nothing. It's like dolls, you know, mm-hmm. Cabbage Patch Kids and mm-hmm. um, My Little Ponies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we were always telling stories, and it brought so much joy to me. And I think around 10, I saw my first movie, which I know that sounds probably weird to, like, the Gen Z or whatever, but the first time I got to yeah. not not see my first movie, but in the theater, see my first movie, um, I think it was, like, Dick Tracy or something like that. And I remember seeing, the like, the New York skyline, and I remember, like, the lights going down. I was, like, I just felt, like, at home. And I just started realizing I want to do something that makes people feel seen and heard. And for some reason, telling a story made me feel seen and heard and understood because I could relate to the thing I was seeing. And I think part of it now looking back as this, girl who had immigrant parents, there was things I didn't have words for, even though I spoke English and I was growing up in America, but there was things I just didn't have words for all the time. And I didn't know what I, it, it's hard to explain, but um, it just, it was a language that made sense to me telling stories because it went deeper than just words. And so mm-hmm. I connected with it. And then I always, so I really, I was a gymnast, like I said before, so I was hardcore. Um, I would just, if I didn't have practice, I would sneak into the theater in my high school and watch rehearsals from the way, way, way back when it was real, real dark. I'd sit in the way, way, way back, and I would just, like, watch them and imagine if I could do something like that. I had no idea how to get started in that. My parents, like, didn't really know, how, like, I, it was just like, how do you even do that? How do you, how do you even think of a career? Like, I didn't even I had no idea. All the, at the time, all it was was you'd see like Tom Cruise, um, the red carpet at front of the Chinese theater on like, you know, TV or something. And um, so, I eventually got to take some classes at school. Um, I got injured my senior year of high school, so I was able to do some theater, and I was just so happy it was like I found the kids you know I found my group that I fit with they were Mm -hmm. smart and funny and creative and welcoming to everybody and I just it you know part of it was that you know being a teenager and finding you know your your group of people um and so I went and I studied I went to study mechanical engineering (laughs) Because I thought I didn't, I, my father came from India and studied at Purdue University and his brother was an engineer and like, you know, I just thought, well, I don't even, I didn't know how to, you know, what, it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but I didn't know the path of being an artist. So that year I really got close to the Lord. I mean, I would pray and pray and pray. And I would audition for stuff. And after classes, I would, I got into a show and I'd rehearse. I was like in the chorus. I like had this little role where I walked on my hands in a parade or something. So I was able to use some gymnastics in it. And every extra second I got, I was like in the theater. I was like going to shows because you had, I had access to like more shows on campus and eventually, um, I wrote about this in my book. I wrote a book and talked about the, what it was like to call my father and ask him, could I change my major? Because I knew my father, he came to this country with $36 in his pocket. And how his story of coming here and how happy he was to be here studying um, engineering and math, like, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Man Who Knew Infinity. It's a true story about this guy in India who was, like, this math genius. Like, that's my dad. Like, he was so happy doing this stuff. And I was like, I can't ask my father. Like, but I prayed and I prayed and I I asked him, can I – which I know it sounds weird to kids, like, that I would ask my parents, but I was a good immigrant girl, and I asked my parents, Mm -hmm. can I please change my major? And my dad was like – uh okay, you must have a second mm-hmm. um second major. 
for the fallback. <laughs> like, I remember his face. And I can do his accent because he's my dad. But um, so I, I prayed again, and I, I walked around searching the campus. Like, what should I do? I like sports. I like this. And I ended up in kinesiology. I'd never heard of it before. But I, I just asked people questions like, I was so determined to study theater that I knew I had to find this other major. So I ended up in the office of this man who taught sports psychology, and I sat in his office. I was so stressed and nervous, and I looked over, and he had um, the, these Christian books sitting on his, in his office. And I just thought that was a sign from God, like maybe I found the place because I'd been – searching all over campus. Now, looking back, I think I was having MS symptoms back then because I'd have extreme fatigue. I would get very dizzy, um, pain, like extreme pain, and it was a stress. You know, stress adds to MS flare-ups. So what is weird how God has made us, when we do what we're supposed to do, it's like we get energy and we get, you know, joy and passion. And so by God's grace, I changed my major. I was so happy um, to do theater that I had the energy to, I had three (laughs) part-time jobs, like a true Jamaican. I know that people joke about Jamaican, (laughs) but like I had three jobs. Because we were like, they were putting three kids through college and then my mom was in college and my dad was back in college. So like I had to like, support myself at the end of the year, end of my degree. And um, so I did theater and I ended up working with my mother-in-law's mission, helping her start it 16 years ago for teaching. It's an urban farm that uses STEAM to teach children leadership skills. I know I know this is a really roundabout story, but I'm getting there. <laughs> so it's I, always wa- I always wanted to do film. I I didn't know how to get to a place to study film. And film, this stuff wasn't as prevalent. You know, I was in school. I graduated in 2002. iMovie, like, just came out. There wasn't really, like, film majors. There was, like, film studies and, like, stuff like that, unless you went to, like, UCLA or USC and things like that. And I... I wasn't really, I wasn't, my parents were like, you're not, my mom was like, you're not going to New York. Like, you can't go to New York. You're 18. You can't go by yourself. Um, She went to New York and experienced the craziness of New York. So I stayed (laughs) where I was. And, um, but so I graduated and I started learning how to do community theater with children. I started learning that you can impact people, not with the stories you tell, but the way that you run rehearsals and run sets and impact the people that are coming to your rehearsals. So we were doing a play um, called A Song for Peace. One of the children that had been part of our group was shot and killed in 2006 by a stray bullet. The children wanted to do a play around his story. So I'm getting introduced to social impact theater. And it People were really excited in the community. The mayor came out. Um, the local channels were doing stories on us. And it wasn't talked about as much back then like as it is now. Um, so I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing what God was telling me to do. And I started to see um, what, what it was, how it was impacting these children and the, the community. And then we kept doing the show and then, you know, the third year, sadly, one of the kids, his, his sister was shot and killed, and she had three kids she left behind. And two weeks before we opened, and um, I canceled rehearsals. We went to the funeral, and then we came back, and I asked him, do you want to do this? And he said, I was praying. I was like, Lord, what do I say to this boy? What do I say? I don't know. And... Mm-hmm. Um, If you're like me and you crave alone time with God, then I want to invite you to grab this free Bible study called Forget Not His Benefits. It was created by my friends at Sojo Academy, and it was written to help give you a mini getaway with God. And I call it mini because it's a one hour Bible study. I've really enjoyed it, and I know you will too. 
So go ahead and grab this free Bible study using the link in the show notes for today's episode. If you don't see it in your podcast catcher that you're using, you can always find it over at the site on www.keepingitcentered.com. The Lord helped me to have a conversation with him. He said, I want to do this because my sister would want me to do it. And he was so angry and so you know, the kids were just, they didn't, they were just talking and he was really angry. And, and so I had to, you know, it was just like God was running this stuff. I could feel the Holy Spirit running this stuff. Um, and so I've always dealt with depression. Like I've always kind of struggled in that area. Um, and after I had my children, I, I was really dealing with postpartum depression. And again, no Pinterest, no, blogging, no one talking about this stuff. So I didn't really understand, but I knew that I just kept writing and writing and writing. And I remember I broke down on the bathroom floor. I prepared my breakdown because we mothers can do anything. So I, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have a breakdown. Let me make sure the kids are okay. So I put my daughter on the toilet because she had to go. And my, ba- my son was like, one, he was playing with my makeup brushes, and I just laid down on the floor. And I remember it was cold, and my face was hot, and the tears were hot. And I just started crying, like, Lord, when am I going to get to act? When am I going to get to make movies? When am I going to do these things, God? And my two-year-old, my three-year, she was three, she was standing over me. And I know she was like, what is mommy doing? Like, this is, why is she laying down on the job? <laughs> and I remember... <laughs> it was almost like an out-of-body experience where I was looking down at this mother on the floor, her baby pooping, the other one playing in her makeup, <laughs> and the little toddler standing over her. I just started laughing. So this could be a breakdown. I don't know. But I started laughing, and I was like, this would be the best show. I can't be the only mom <laughs> dealing with this stuff. And it just hit me, sweatpants and high heels. And I never wrote a one-person show. I never saw a one-person show. But I wrote, and I would go to the cafe, and my husband watched the kids. And I was just, like, writing and writing. And I was like, I'm going to – I ended up with this huge manuscript. It was ridiculous. And so I ended up partnering with a friend who knew about this stuff, and we ended up doing a show. And people, like, mothers and husbands would come up to me crying at the end of the show. I didn't know. I didn't know my husband, my wife was going through this. I didn't know. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is – I didn't learn this in college. This is what it's about. And mm-hmm. I took the show to New York for a mom's event and same thing. And um, during that time when I took it to New York, like, we had just been through a situation where someone ran through our neighborhood with um, a semi-automatic gun from a drug deal gone bad. My oldest daughter was hit twice. She's about to be 17. She's all good now, praise God. But at the time, this is how I'm dealing. I'm telling you, this is how I'm dealing with all this stuff. I am writing and creating, and I God's showing me art isn't just for, like, all of flashy lights and stuff like he created art for us to connect with each other to show empathy to give empathy to tell people stories to make a dip you know make a difference in people's lives jesus told parables you know mm-hmm. to teach lessons and to really make us connect with the kingdom of god and understand so this is years of him jesus teaching me i didn't go to film school i couldn't go to film school and i said lord you please teach me how to make a movie, please, because I don't have the money and I have three little kids. So I start doing YouTube and I start learning how to do iMovie and eventually I make a short film and then another short film and then I enter film festivals and then I win an award. You know, this is like years and years of just like putting one foot in front of the other until finally I'm making movies and now I'm writing my first feature and it is not a like a simple journey but I can tell you God's doing it so I can't give any credit to anyone but him (laughs) and Mm -hmm. through it all um through it all he's been been there he's been the one he's he's really caught my tears in a bottle you know the bible says he catches our tears in a bottle so like 
his that bottle is really full <laughs> of my tears <laughs> and me yelling. I would yell, God, why, when, you know, and my mother always told me it's okay because he can take it. It's okay because he knows. And um, I'm so glad she told me that because I would have moments where I would just cry my heart out to him. And he is faithful, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a long answer to your short question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're a storyteller. It makes sense, so. <laughs> No, but I I love that, and I I took a lot of gems away from that, and I I know other people will too. Um, just a couple things that I that really stood out to me is, you know, the theme I'm seeing is no matter what difficulties um, have presented themselves in your life, it seems as if God has really just been moving in the midst of those difficulties. Um, just to show you his power even more in your life and, and to show mm-hmm. you that, you know, he, he's got you. He, he hears mm-hmm. your dreams, he hears your desires, and he's, he's made it happen. Um, and, and like you said, this has been a culmination of years and years, and I think that's really important to point out as well because, you know, especially, you know, our generation now and the way things are, everybody wants a microwave society, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and and I've been there myself where it's kind of like, okay, God, I know you've put something in me. You know, like you, I've, I've got three kids. You know, I was mm-hmm. in grad school at the time, and, like, just so much is going on and, and, and just feeling like I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm mad because I, I know you put something in me, and I don't know when my time is, and I'm really upset, <laughs> you know? Um, so I just <laughs> – I feel like a lot of women can identify with your story, and I just love the hope um, that you're giving us today um, just to hang in there and and to keep cleaving to God and to keep praying to God and and making our heart known before him and being patient and just waiting um, on his timing. And I love that. I love that. That's that's mm-hmm. just some of the gems that I gathered <laughs> awesome. from what you were saying. <laughs> Now, I know um, in addition to your journey, not only have you learned a lot, but I know that you also offer help for other people who want to be storytellers as well. Could you let us know a little bit about that and, um, you know, just how people can get in touch with you um, if that is what they're wanting to do? Yes, um, I believe everyone is a storyteller, by the way. I feel like everyone has a story. Like, your life is a story. Um, so, yeah, we, we help in a few different ways. So we teach uh, summer film camps to kids, but because of COVID, we haven't been able to do it really like I want to. Um, mm-hmm. We also um, help in terms of if you have a story that you want to tell, uh, we can help with developing your story. If you, you know, if you're trying to like craft a screenplay or um, something like that, we can help you, you know, develop that story. Um, and we also have services where, um, you know, we can work to uh, produce the story as well. Um, and then right now we're working on. A few shows, and I'm getting ready to launch on a, a network um, on our like our YouTube channel. So you can connect with me at dija d i j a at thebluehouse.co, and we're thebluehouse.co on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. Um, so that's a great way to connect with me. And we're getting ready to roll out some things where people can, you know, really support the shows on an ongoing basis. And I'm really excited about um, what's happening. We're going to open up the door so people can be producers. Sometimes people don't, may not want to be on the creative side, but a, a lot of people are business owners and business minded. And that's usually where producers really work. And so um, there's a lot of different types of producers, but 
we are going to start opening the doors for people to be uh, change producers is what I'm calling it. People who want to produce change using supporting media and TV that's telling diverse stories that are spiritually minded. Um, it's crazy. There's actually a lot of studies out there that talk about how storytelling affects the brain and how um, media and TV affect real life. I just watched a documentary called The Social Dilemma, which I really oh, think people list. should watch. <laughs> what, it, it will open your eyes like to stuff you've kind of been like, I know that something's going on and I can feel it. And it, it takes you behind the curtain. Um, it's it's kind of crazy, but I, I really think people should watch that. And I, I, well, I said that because, you know, the media affects your mind. Media affects what happens in the world for real. It affects people's lives. There's a study. My So the show I'm doing now is called Film Therapy, and it's a me and a, another filmmaker and a therapist. We talk about movies and TV. But they there are studies that show that how we portray black men in media and TV affects their lifespan. And Mm -hmm. it is imperative to me that we put people in the right type of light and um, create things that are beneficial to our children because Mm -hmm. our kids are smart. They want to make a difference. I'm raising Gen Z. You're raising Gen Z (laughs) like these kids. Mm -hmm know what's up, you know, and I want to create work. This show is specifically for parents raising Gen Z, parents of color raising Gen Z. So, um, again, I, I rambled. Oh, my gosh. I rambled again. Okay. <laughs> Deja at thebluehouse.co if you want to email me or find me on Instagram, uh, anywhere. So <laughs> I can talk about this, though. I'm so passionate about this stuff. I can hear it. That's great. That's great. Um, I, 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 I want just one other small question. And mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking of the person who is like, you know, okay, I've, I'm already in a certain career. You know, I just feel like there's just certain barriers. I don't think I can really get into film and really start sharing my story. I just don't see it happening now. Um, it, just break down a little bit about that myth that it's too late <laughs> to, to share their story or to get involved with film. Um, what would you say to that person? Um, it's never too late to share your story. In fact, the older you are, girl, the richer your story. Like you got <laughs> layers and layers of beautifulness to talk about. So that's what I'm learning as, as I get older. Um, you know, there. It's you'll tell you'll when you tell your story. Um, it okay. So in storytelling, we have a like a structure called the hero's journey, and mm-hmm. and it's represented by a, like a circle. And at the top of the circle, you begin your journey. And once you get past like the threshold and past um, the midway point of the circle, you start to enter the unknown world and then you go through trials and make friends and enemies and learn lessons and then you come back to the top of the circle with a new lesson and a new you and that literally can happen every day it could happen every month every year it we're always living the hero's journey um where sometimes we're the guide for somebody else's life and sometimes someone else is our mentor and um so I would say learn if you want to get if you want to tell your story um really simply get started by journaling so that you can get used to getting your thoughts down on paper and get and then read back what you wrote. So just take one instance of one day and write write out the story of your day, what you learned. And it, you have to learn to critically look at what's happening and almost stand outside of yourself as an observer a little bit. Um, That's what I've learned to do when I'm telling my own story or stories inspired by my journey. Um, So simply take 30 minutes every day and start journaling. If if that's all you can do right now, that's super, super important. 
The second thing you could do is if you come to someone like me who produces things, I'm going to really just sit down with you and listen to your story. So if you want to write, just sit down and start writing like big events in your life, um, just kind of a paragraph form. I always tell people, don't worry about making a screenplay form and all of that. That's not important, actually. What's really important is you being able to um, to c- uh, communicate your your um, story and talk to a friend, tell them your story. Like when you tell your testimony, you're telling a story. So don't think you're not doing it because you really are. Um, <laughs> and if you want to get involved with the film industry, I would say, are you more business-minded or are you more on the creative side? Because there's a place for you either way. So um, one thing you can do is uh, there's a place called Stage 32, which is kind of a Facebook for everyone in the industry. So you can actually connect with other people in the industry. Um, There is someone that I absolutely love like she's my teacher her name is ella tier e-l-a and then her last name is t-h-i-e-r she has great classes acting class um i'm sorry directing writing um producing Mm -hmm. like really deep business side things um for you i would really check her out she's been a great resource for me um, you can email me, of course, if you have a question at djatthebluehouse.co or, you know, go to Instagram there and DM me. I'll be happy to answer any questions. But the film industry is vast and big, and it's not it's not central to, like, Hollywood anymore. It's you can you can make a movie on your phone and edit it on your phone and put something out. Storytelling looks all kinds of ways now, you know, from a minute video to like a feature film. But I would start short if you want to create, if you're not someone who's just like, I want to tell your story, but I want to create stories, I would use your phone and start really small. Um, I actually have a course for that that I'm getting ready to put back out. So if you're interested, again, just email me. Um, So I I hope I'm answering your question. (laughs) Yes, yes, Um, yes. And I'm glad you mentioned the resource too because I know you had some other things on your website as well that I also plan to link in the show notes for anybody that's mm -hmm. interested. Um, So I'll definitely have it there. So anybody that's listening, no worries. We'll have all the links ready for you so that, you know, you can definitely get to DJ and get your questions answered and get some help with starting out um, with sharing Mm -hmm. your story. Um, Can I say one more thing? Um, Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) I I just want people (laughs) to feel encouraged. You know, I really want people to know that every day they can do something. And it's really like carve out that 30 minutes for yourself and talk to the Lord um, and he'll talk back to you. It's he will, you know, write your questions in your journal and you'll just, my friend likes to call it a bing, you'll get a bing in your spirit, but you write that question down and then go about your day and like maybe the next day something will be like, oh my gosh, that was the answer to my bing that I wrote yesterday. Or <laughs> So I just want to encourage people to develop, first of all, develop your, your relationship for real, for real with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so I know you have gone through quite a lot um, you shared a lot of your story with us and, you know, just your journey and how you've gotten to this point. And, um, you know, I always ask my guests this last question, and um, it, it's it, how how are you able to keep God at the center of your life? Um, you know, because I, I know, you, like you said, you've got three kids, you know, you're married, you know, you and your husband are both creatives, like you have a lot going on. How are you able to keep God at the center of your life, despite everything that's going on? That's a good question. Um, I could say something like have your devotion every day, Um, but I think it goes a little deeper. Um, 
When we took our trip to Ethiopia, I I really saw a culture. For those of you who don't know, Ethiopia is uh, Orthodox Christian culture. So it's interwoven into all parts of life, their faith. And I think to keep God at the center, we have to understand that he's really in everything. It's You have to just really sit in the fact that he's keeping your body together. He's keeping the earth spinning. He's providing you water and everything you have, you know, is because he's in existence. So I think when the Bible says to pray without ceasing, it's almost like to you want to always meditate on that all throughout the day, you know. Um, so I think it comes to that realization first. And, I mean, that's what happened to me with MS. Like, I know one day I was walking and one day I wasn't, you know. And so I would sing Thai Tribbett song. I can't remember how. I can't. I don't sing, so I don't want to sing. But he has a song that's just like. You know, I can't breathe without you. I can't walk without yeah. you. I can't. So I, I would almost encourage you. I would, no, I will encourage you just to kind of meditate on that. Um, and, and yes, like in the morning when you wake up, you don't have to have like a huge, like this huge worship session because it will grow into that for you. But I would just, you know, realize that you woke up because he woke you up. And yeah. you're your intestines work, thank him. Because I know people whose intestines don't work. And mm-hmm. um, so it's just, that is worship too. That's keeping him at the center too. Um, and then the other thing is like quiet, everything around you, that's not feeding you and feeding your spirit. It's okay. Like you don't have to know every step of the political race. Um, you know, like when it starts to tear you down on the inside and you can't focus, you can't hear him. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's what I, I try to maintain that now at this point is I'm really sensitive to when I can't hear him or something is drowning his voice out because his voice is really, is the most important voice because he knows everything. So yes, it's good to be informed, but you don't want it to sway what he's telling you to do either. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. Awesome, awesome. I love that. Um, Love those tips that you shared. And I'm just very appreciative of you taking the time to do this. Um, Those of you that are interested, I know Deja has some wonderful, wonderful films available. Um, And uh, I would encourage you to check those out give those a watch. Um, I know you also have some things where if people want to show it, you know, for their churches or even have, mm-hmm. like, you know, discussions to go along with it to generate conversation. Uh, I know you have all that available, too, and I'll have, like I said, the links so that people can um, access that and, and check you out and, and be able to share your work with others as well. Um, so, but again, thank you so, so, so much, Deja. I really, really appreciate you um, sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you, ma'am. If you've been driving along, you can find today's show notes over at www.keepingitcentered.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for the Centered Notes, our bi-weekly devotional newsletter. And follow us over at Instagram at Keeping It Centered.